The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Zarchik fumbles the football. It's picked up by Herman Edwards. Deshaun Jackson gets a block. Are you kidding? McNabb is back. He is firing. Caught by Freddie Mitchell. It's fourth and it's still a foot. Didn't get it again. Get it again. That's unbelievable. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. You are listening to BGN Memories with John Stolmus. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of BGN Memories, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. The Eagles don't play on Thanksgiving this year, which I think is really nice for all of us. I think we all need a turkey day where we also don't have to think about our struggling football team. So instead, we'll all sit down and watch the 5-6 and six Bears take on the 3-7-1 and one Lions to start off the day, or maybe we'll do yard work during that game. That might not be... The, the worst idea in the world, but uh, then we'll be able to settle down for some real American Thanksgiving football as we watch the eight and three Bills try to knock off the Cowboys in the dinner time game, followed by the nine and two Saints against the three and eight Falcons. So not an awful day of football, and not a banner day of football, but uh, that Dallas game will certainly be one for us all to watch. And I don't think anything goes better with turkey gravy, stuffing, and mashed potatoes than hate watching the Dallas Cowboys. That's a that's a Thanksgiving tradition as old as time, kids. So I hope you guys are looking forward to your Thanksgiving, and by the time you're listening to this, either are enjoying your Thanksgiving or have enjoyed your Thanksgiving. And uh, I just want to take a moment to be thankful for you all, the BGN Radio listeners, uh, for supporting this podcast as much as you do. It's really tremendous. So thank you, all of you who uh, tweet at us and uh, who... Uh, leave us uh, ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and to download this podcast every single week. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. And um, want to just uh, have you hang in there with us. Uh, hopefully we'll get a nice little winning streak with this football team here to finish up 2019. Now, as I said, the Eagles don't play here on Thanksgiving, but they have had their fair share of Thanksgiving games over the years. The first was in 1939 when the Eagles beat the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yes, I'm not saying that wrong. They were the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1939, uh, 17-14. Those two teams played again the following year in 1940 when the Eagles shut out Pittsburgh 7-0, although now they were called the Steelers. But there was some interesting context to those two games. In 39-40, and 40, they were the only two teams to play in that game because both teams were in the same state of Pennsylvania, and at the time, then-U.S. President Franklin Roosevelt wanted to move the holiday for economic reasons, and a lot of states were resistant to that move. Half the states recognized the move, the other half did not, so that made scheduling complicated for Thanksgiving games those two seasons. So it was just Philadelphia and Pittsburgh playing Thanksgiving Day 
on those two years. In 68, the Eagles beat the Lions 12-0. In 1989, they shut out the Cowboys 27-0. So that was three straight Thanksgiving Day shutouts by the Birds. In 2008, they manhandled the Cardinals 48-20, although Arizona would get some revenge in the NFC Championship game later that year. They beat the Cowboys in Dallas in 2014 under Chip Kelly 33-10, but then got destroyed by the Lions a year later in the game that essentially sealed Chip's fate with the team 45-14. But the Eagles are an all-time 6-1 on Thanksgiving, which is a pretty hearty record. They were undefeated until uh, 2015 when they lost that uh, horrible game against Detroit. The game we are going to focus on here on this episode of BGN Memories is one that took place 30 years ago on Thanksgiving. The Eagles' 27-0 win over the Cowboys that soon became known as the Bounty Bowl. It was Buddy Ryan's Eagles against Jimmy Johnson's Cowboys, uh, the Dallas team that would go 1-15 in Johnson's rookie season. The Eagles that year went 11-5 and and uh, won the wild card, one of the, one of the two wild card spots. Earlier in the year, the Cowboys made a trade that would soon set them up as the NFC's top power when they dealt Herschel Walker to the Vikings for a bunch of draft picks. But at the time, Johnson was struggling in his first season. Uh, after legendary coach Tom Landry retired, and the Cowboys uh, had just picked up kicker Luisin Dejas. He'd been cut by the Eagles a few weeks prior to the game as well. Why am I talking about a kicker for a Thanksgiving Day football game? If you don't know anything about this game, you'll find out here in just a few minutes. The game itself wasn't close, obviously. Chris Carter caught two touchdown passes from Randall Cunningham. Keith Byers scored a rushing touchdown. Roger Ruzek kicked a couple field goals, and the defense held Dallas to 10 first downs and just 76 yards passing on the day. Troy Aikman had three interceptions in the game for a quarterback rating of 2.8. Eventually, Steve Walsh came in to mop up. Randall Cunningham went 21 for 33 for 234 yards and those two touchdowns. He also ran for 46 yards. Byers caught nine balls for 90 yards, and the Eagles only had two sacks on the day, one by Andre Waters and one by Reggie White. Eric Allen, Byron Evans, and Mike Golick had the interceptions. But the real story about this Thanksgiving Day game 30 years ago was not about records or the play on the field. It was about the bounties. And it was about bad blood. It was about a simmering feud between the two franchises that blew up on national TV as the nation sat with friends and family to remember what they were all thankful for. And we in Philadelphia remembered that we were thankful for the Eagles-Cowboys rivalry. Joining me to talk about the infamous Bounty Bowl is 94 WIP Sports Radio host Glenn Macnow, a staple of Philly Sports Talk Radio for the last few decades. I wanted to talk to somebody who I knew remembered this game as vividly as I do. So, Glenn, thanks for coming on BGN Memories. How are you? I'm great, John. My pleasure to talk to you. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, 1989, Glenn. Let's talk about the uh, the Bounty Bowl and the Ice Bowl. Um, so, oh, good times. Yeah, this was great. I mean, I, I love going back and reliving all this stuff because this was like when I was cutting my teeth on football. Like I was 12, 11, 12 years old or whatever. And, you know, I, I, to, to set this up for people, the, the rivalry up to when Buddy Ryan arrived was all Dallas. I mean, there was, aside from the 1980 NFC Championship game, it was pretty much Dallas, 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 Dallas. And maybe the Eagles would sneak in a season here and there where, where, they, were, where they were a little bit better. But that was about it. But that kind of all changed once once Buddy Ryan got here and towards the end of the Tom Landry era. What do you remember from that time as far as where we were in the rivalry between Philly and Dallas? Well, Buddy was the guy who so understood how and why Eagles fans hated Dallas. And Buddy was the guy who was never afraid of sticking up authorities' nose. I mean, he did it with his owner, Norman Brayman. Yeah, right. So he had no problem doing it with Dallas. 
And it really started, well, it really started the strike season of 87 because the Eagles players all stuck together during the strike. And Buddy told them to. Buddy said, if you guys, either you guys all stay in or you guys all go out, I don't want a couple of you here. He recognized the importance of team unity. Mm-hmm. And when the, the scab players came in, he didn't even want to coach them. He just basically ignored them, which infuriated the owner. So the second scab game that year was in Dallas, and Dallas had a lot of stars cross the line. So the Eagles are playing Guido Merkins and Topper Clemens, <laughs> and the Cowboys have Tony Dorsett, Danny White, Tutal Jones, and Randy White. It was a farce. Tom Landry put the regulars in late just so they could beat up the, the pretend Eagle players. The trouble with this is if the game gets really out of hand, who do you put in? I mean, you've started with the replacement guys. Now you've got your vets in. Normally they want to give other guys playing time. And Buddy vowed revenge. And they ran trick plays in that game, too. Didn't oh, Dallas yeah. like run, do a double reverse or something like that? A reverse left to Edwards. He has blockers to the 40. Edwards to the left sideline. A 62-yard touchdown reverse. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, absolutely. And they laughed at the Eagles' ineptitude, and they had a grand all-time. And Buddy just kind of stood there and took it. Fortune has it that the first post-strike game was at the Vet against the Cowboys. And the Eagles regulars came back, and they were great. They're up that game on Dallas, 10 points, end of the game. They get the ball, minutes of play. Uh, Randall Cunningham's the quarterback. First play, takes a knee, run the clock. Second play, take a knee, run the clock. Dallas uses up at the timeout. Fans figure one more kneel to end the game. Third down, Randall fakes the knee, steps back, throws a floater to the end zone for Mike Quick. Well, they were one of the few teams that had nobody cross the picket line. They built confidence and closeness during that period, and a victory here today over Dallas certainly will only improve that. Now Cunningham's going to throw it to Quick, and it is a flag down on the incompletion in the end zone. Two seconds remain on the Ball on the one, and the next play, Keith Byers bulls it over from the one-yard line. If there wasn't bad blood before, there's going to be bad blood now. Byers. Keith Byers capping off quite an afternoon for the young man from Ohio State. Eagles rub it in Tom Landry's nose. Um, You bet. And it was for all of those things the Cowboys had done before, and that opened up well actually i'll give you a great quote after the game buddy ryan was asked did you do you think you opened a can of worms there (laughs) and buddy said i'd say tom landry opened it referring to the the strike game he said i just put the lid back on really (laughs) what that did is it it kicked up the rivalry one more time and it kicked up the rivalry for all those dallas fans and dallas players and people who kind of never paid attention to the Eagles. It was a one, as you mentioned, it was a one-way rivalry. Yeah. After that happened, they hated us as much as we hated them. Well, now that we've got the backstory up next, we'll talk about the game itself and the fallout it caused. That's up next here on BGN Memories. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back on BGN Memories. So let's fast forward to Thanksgiving Day 30 years ago, 1989. And Jimmy Johnson is now head coach of the Cowboys. He's coming off a national championship with the University of Miami, and he comes in with rookie Troy Aikman and a few other players that we would remember. That's a, that team goes 1-15 that season, and so the Eagles and Dallas have a game set up on Thanksgiving. Uh, the Eagles obviously win the NFC East the year before, and they come into it. Um, everything's fine for about a half of football, but to open up the second half, uh, the Cowboys kick off to the Eagles, are leading 10 nothing at the time, and all of a sudden you see on TV... John Madden and Pat Summerall talking about how woozy Luis and Dejas is. To about the 25, a return of 11. Stopped by Bill Pace. So long a fixture here now. Plays on special teams and Dejas is down. I think he got knocked out. He's going to the wrong sideline. He's groggy. Well, he was with the Eagles, you know. I know it, but he's either going over there because he doesn't know where he is or he's going over there to argue with someone you know most times if a kicker kicks off and doesn't really run down to make the tackle they don't block him the eagles sent someone after zendeha that's probably what he was arguing about he wasn't going down but i don't think that he knows what he's arguing about because apparently he got smoked by yeah. by an Eagles linebacker on the kickoff. Zendayas had played for the Eagles. I don't know the circumstances under which Buddy got rid of him, but Buddy clearly didn't like him. Yeah. Um, and so the story comes out later. You, you set up exactly what we saw, and it was Eagles linebacker Jesse Smalls mm. who put the wipeout shot on the guy. Story comes out later that Buddy had promised a $200 reward to any player who put a licking on Zendejas. Winning and losing ball game, uh, of course, concerns me. My concerns me more than anything else is uh, when you take away from the integrity of the game. Uh, I mean, having bounties on uh, opposing players is not the way it's supposed to be done. Uh, I mean, we were told last night uh, by... Uh, by a coach and, and is confirmed uh, by two different players. There's a $200 bounty on uh, Louis Zendejas, a $500 bounty on uh, Troy Aikman. Uh, that takes away from the integrity of the game. And uh, oh, oh, I would have said something to Buddy, but he wouldn't stand on the field long enough. He put his big fat rear end into the dressing room. I resent that. I mean, I died, I lost a couple of pounds, and I thought I was looking good. <laughs> Johnson, their coach, is making all kinds of excuses for not preparing his team well to play us. Uh, he also, uh, I don't have any respect for him because he got my college on probation at Oklahoma State, and now he's at uh, the Cowboys, and he, can't, he doesn't have the guts to take credit for a loss. He's trying to blame the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, so I have no respect for the man at all. And I don't think if he if his friend had known the club, he wouldn't be back next year. I'm sure as a coach, and I'm sure those players, those veteran players he had on that team, don't believe all that high school Charlie stuff he's spreading. But he denied it afterward. But it was true. Yeah, I think um, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think it was true? Because I mean, he afterwards he said, "Why am I going to put a bounty on a kicker? You know, especially a guy yeah, I just I, cut a couple weeks earlier." Yeah, I know he said that, but yeah, it was I agree. true. And, <laughs> <laughs> the guy who leaked it was an Eagles, uh, I guess the special teams coach, Al Roberts. Right. Who I guess kind of had some kind of affection for Zendejas and just kind of told him to watch out. So the great part is the aftermath, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's football, right? And, okay, he got clobbered and that's that. 
Zendejas hires lawyers and threatens to sue Buddy and said he had a tape recording of Al Roberts warning him about it. He never produced that, by the way. So with all of this endless squawking, what he did is he whipped everybody up. So when the Cowboys come to Philadelphia in mid-December, it's all set for ugliness. Yeah, it's just what we got because, I mean, they had a snow that happened right before the game. It was just like, what, two weeks later, I think it was, when they came back to Philadelphia, and there was snow in the stands, and it got ugly there real fast. Yeah, um, I mean, I was at that game, and and boy, the noise was incredible. The signs were obvious long before this game even got underway. Philadelphia Eagle fans were fired up. Didn't have anything to do with all that talk of bounties now, did it? I think it made the Eagles psyched, psyched up, and I think... All the talk about a bounty is a lot of hype because the Eagles are a good football team no matter what people say. No bounty, honey. We're just playing good hard football. That's all. They're, these fans are great, and the whole game is great, and we got handed free tickets. <laughs> you don't think people are a little bit out of control? No, it's great. The snow is there. They didn't do a great job of clearing out the snow. Why the damn stadium wasn't cleaned up in a, in a proper manner before this game, understanding the reality of this game, this was an embarrassment snowing a little bit during the game, snowing that morning, and snowballs start coming from the vet stadium seats. They're they're aimed at Cowboys players. They're aimed at referees, of course. Everybody was ducking snow and ice balls. In fact, some fans in the lower levels near the Cowboys bench were forced to leave their seats. They left because they were getting barraged with snowballs. This is out of control, would you say? Yes. I feel like I'm a target for artillery practice around here. <laughs> the fans had waited more than two and a half weeks for this game, and granted, to say they were excited is probably an understatement. But some of these people got downright out of control today. One security guard, not the one blocking here for me, told me that this place was like Beirut today. Jerome Brown, the defensive tackle of the Eagles, pleading with those few who remain in the end zone, let's cut it out with the snowballs. And it didn't help much. They still come flying out of the end zone. From their own one, out of the shotgun, Troy Aikman. There's another snowball that falls in front of him. I got hit in the head with an ice ball about the size of a football that came down from the 700 level. It's no way to play a game. No way at all. And the commissioner's here. I just hope he sees what went on. Security guards arrested or ejected more than 100 people at today's game. The Dallas Cowboys on their way to the locker room couldn't hang their heads if they wanted to. They were too busy looking skyward. Um, they fans actually threw a few into the CBS broadcast booth. I gotta tell you what a joy it is to come to Philadelphia and stand here and dodge ice balls, not snowballs, but ice balls, about uh, 25 of which have been thrown into the booth in the last three minutes. This is really fun. Well, you see where I'm doing the game, don't you? Yeah, about six feet back. I'm I'm way back behind the wall here because three have already hit me in the top of the head. I had uh, an abscess tooth and had a dental appointment last Monday that didn't last this long. Right below us, a group of about six or seven. Here comes another one flying out. Watch it, David. Cowboys lose it. Philadelphia wins 20 to 10. Uh, which had yeah. kind of an open window. Vernon Lundquist was the broadcaster. Remember his quote? He said, this is worse than Beirut. <laughs> um, right. Mostly, mostly we aimed them at Jim. We, I didn't throw it. Mostly Eagles fans aimed them at Jimmy Johnson 
because you remember he had that perfectly coiffed hair. Uh-huh. And yep. so everybody, everybody was going with that. Um, and he got pelted and they got pelted. And um, I just remember the Cowboys saying, oh, these Eagle fans, these people have no class. But um, actually, the Cowboys had a linebacker named Eugene Lockhart who said, I never want to come back here. I remember that. And that was kind of the point. If the Cowboys feared Eagle fans as much as they feared the Eagles, they would never win in this town. And Buddy beat him seven times in a row. Buddy took a lot of pride that he never lost a game to Jimmy Johnson. That's right. And didn't uh, didn't Ed Rendell make uh, make some? <laughs> did, well, he wasn't he one of the guys that he like made his mark like throwing snowballs or something? I remember he told well, a story about that what too. He, what he did is um, Ed, Ed used to sit up in the six hundred level, which is pretty high up. Yeah, yeah. And there was a guy sitting in front of him who uh, balled up a snowball, and Ed said, "I'll bet you twenty five dollars you can't hit." It reached the field with that. That's right. Um, and the guy did. It's, um, it's not recorded whether Ed Rendell ever paid off the bet, but he did, in <laughs> fact. Uh, he got involved a little more than most people would want, you know, the mayor of the city to get involved. Anytime. So some final notes about the Bounty Bowl. Uh, John Madden of CBS, who you heard during uh, during the retelling of this game, awarded the first ever turkey leg award in this game. It was went to the game's most valuable player. And um, just like its name, it was an actual cooked turkey leg that players would typically take a celebratory bite out of on camera during the postgame interview. Reggie White was the first ever recipient of the John Madden turkey leg and it eventually morphed into the turducken thing where they would give it out to multiple different people. And Madden did that for a long time, uh, up until 2001. Eventually, he was a CBS at the time, took it over to Fox and then went over and did it until he... Uh, stopped doing the Thanksgiving Day games in 2001. As I mentioned at the top of the show, the Cowboys would get the last laugh on Buddy Ryan, however. While the Cowboys would miss the playoffs and the Eagles uh, did get into the postseason, it was a nightmare season for Dallas, but the Eagles lost to the Rams at home in the wildcard round later that year. And the following season, 1990, was Buddy's last as the Eagles head coach after yet another first-round postseason exit. Johnson, meanwhile, was turning the Cowboys around. He won 11-5 in 1991 and then won two straight Super Bowls in 92 and 93 with the Cowboys. The rivalry has kind of evened out over the years. Obviously, the Eagles got their Super Bowl a couple of years ago, although it's clear that right now Dallas has the Eagles' number. But, of course, everything this year is pointing to their Week 16 matchup in Philadelphia that will likely determine who wins the NFC East in 2019. That'll do it for this edition of BGN Memories. My thanks once again to Glenn Macnow of WIP. And uh, by the way, if you don't, you should follow Glenn on Twitter. Great Twitter follow, at RealGlennMacnow. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on BGN Memories. BGN.